Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heaven Bound podcast. My name is Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect upon the weekend that was, dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about this week, and then to kind of preview what's coming up this weekend at Charlestown Road. We're so glad to have each of our listeners with us today. This week, we have had a special spring meeting with Ralph Walker, and Ralph joins me in the studio here, and we're going to be talking about uh, several things in Ralph's life and some things he's been presenting, but we are glad to have him with us today. He has been presenting a series about fellowship, and fellowship is such a vital part of the life of a disciple. Fellowship is something that uh, really engages us with our connection with Jesus and with one another, and it's something that oftentimes just misunderstood understood and abused and not practiced the way it should be. And so we're going to just kind of kick that idea around just a little bit. But first of all, Ralph, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Roger. It's great to be with you. Uh, you've gotten uh, weather that's uh, suitable for me from Tampa, Florida. We've had rain this week and overcast skies. So thanks for that. That's and what I'm used to. A couple tornadoes. And so <laughs> it has been a whirlwind, but we are glad to have you. Ralph and I have known each other for a long, long time. We have had uh, the privilege of speaking together on a few lectureships and he is just a capable, capable, gifted speaker. More than that, he's a true lover of Jesus, and that's what brings him up here. We love him so much, and all his lessons are on our website. And if you have missed any of them or are just now finding out about this, we encourage you to go to the Charlestown Road website. There you'll find lots of uh, his lessons, and it will help you, and it will help even our People who've been here just to go back and rethink these things and dig a little deeper. And that's, that's a joy of such things as that. And we're blessed to have Ralph with us today. So let's begin by just talking a little bit about the subject of fellowship. And to begin with, Ralph, why is fellowship so important? Well, it's important because first, the Bible says it's important. In Acts chapter two, verse 42, the disciples there were continually devoting themselves to four things. And three of those, we typically would say, oh, I, I get why those are important. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to prayer, to the breaking of bread, which I think is a reference to the supper of the Lord, and to fellowship. So if nothing else, the company that fellowship keeps, the breaking of bread, prayer, the Apostles' Doctrine, the company it keeps says this is really important. But deeper than that, especially in a post-COVID world, man, we need each other. We, we do. And, and, that, and that fellowship is, uh, you know, for some, when they hear the word fellowship, they think of basketballs or fried chicken. And it, it's uh, so much more than that. It is a spiritual connection. I love how during this series you've brought out so many of the different words. Uh, they all come from that expression, koinonia, but words like partnership, participation, sharing, those are all integral words that, that help us to understand this involvement with fellowship as God wants us to, to see and appreciate. Yep. There, there has been uh, just a lot of concern uh, lately about the amount of time people spend on social media. 
you go out to eat and see mom and dad and two kids, and all of them are on the cell phone. Uh, you get some people in your house, and everyone sits on the couch watching a movie, but everyone's on the cell phone. Mm-hmm. They're texting. They're they're looking at videos. They're doing different things. Uh, this has an impact upon communication. It has an impact upon relationships. And so, Ralph, what, what do you see in that area? Well, I think it's one of those situations where the COVID world we were in has led us to believe that we can have – the kind of fellowship that God wants us to have with each other from a distance. And there's no way you can do that. Um, If I can give an illustration, my my son-in-law is a huge Michigan fan. And uh, this past year, in the late fall, he and my daughter went to Michigan to see the Wolverines play a home game at the big house. And uh, I, I watched the same game they did. I watched the game on TV, um, just thinking, hey, the camera might pan and I might get to see my kids on TV. It didn't happen. But it started uh, flurries, snow flurries, while they were there. And it was a sold-out game, and they were pretty high up in the stadium. And at the time, I was sitting on the couch watching the game and thinking, I got it so much better than they do. I'm sitting here in the warmth of my home. I can get up and move around when I want to. I'm not suffering that bad weather. And then they came home and talked about what that experience was like. And being there with a crowd and screaming and hollering and eating the food that was there and experiencing the sights, sounds, smells, all the things that are true of being in a stadium like that made it an incredible experience for them. Who had the better experience? No question they did. And I just want to say, people that say, yeah, you know what, I'll live stream it. I can watch it from home. I can listen to this on my own. Are there some benefits to that? Yeah. But do they outweigh sitting next to people who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, looking a preacher like Roger or Jason in the eye while they speak, Being in that kind of setting, there's nothing, nothing that can replace that. And God knows that. Yeah, and see, it's even hearing different voices singing. It's seeing the little children. It's seeing smiles on people. It's even seeing the worried faces of others. And and you miss all that. Uh, You get get the message. You get the information. But what's missing is the connections. And that's the fellowship part. And, and, you know... If, if we had to come up with some practical suggestions, and not, not just in worship itself, but just just about life in general, you know, we, we seem to be raising a generation that is just addicted to their phones. They, they, they can't go anywhere without their phones. Um, first thing they do every day is check their phone. Last thing they do every night is check their phone. And so to get around that, uh, what are some suggestions you would offer to, to help disciples today? Because what's missing is, is that interpersonal relationship. Uh, we can send a text, but we can't talk to somebody face-to-face. And that's uh, psychologists are really seeing a problem here as, as this new generation has just become that way. So what, what would be some tips you would help us on those things? I'm I'm sorry, Roger. I was texting somebody while you gave me that. <laughs> you, you will be escorted out. <laughs> no, you know. I, I mean, I think we have to. the The big thing right now um, in eating and dieting is intermittent fasting. 
It's the idea of refraining from eating at certain times so that ultimately your body can adjust to the eating its own nutrients versus putting new nutrients into the body. And I think the same thing's true with the social media. We need to practice intermittent fasting. We need to take the phones, turn them face down, silence them, and not just when we're in worship. You know, our, for many of us, the first inclination is grab the phone first thing in the morning and take a look at what's there. And there's a dopamine hit you get from that. You know, endorphins rush. You get a, a feel for all that. And that feeds on itself, and that's not what we need. We need to start out, as I said in one of the lessons, uh, begin the morning by talking to God and spending time thinking about him. Uh, put the phone aside. There's nothing on that phone more important than your Father in heaven. That's just one practical. Well, and, and that's that's a good one. And of course, we we think about generations before that didn't have this technology, and they survived. Um, you know, if the you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, the world's coming apart. Well, you know, there's nothing you and I can do about that anyway, other than pray. And so, starting the day with prayer, starting your day, getting your mind close to the Lord, powerful things that that would help us as we think about this idea. Now yeah. back back to the big picture of fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you how would you distinguish biblical fellowship from just a friendship someone might have with a neighbor or coworker? What's the difference? Well, in in some ways they're very similar. You know, it's uh, fellowship or koinonia, which is the Greek word for fellowship, participation, sharing, um, partnership or partners is both sharing in something and sharing with someone. So what do I share with my neighbors? Well, I share concern for my neighborhood, and that's not a bad thing. And I may share with them resources I have and vice versa. I may need a chainsaw, and my neighbor's got one, and I borrow it from him. In a sense, that's that's very real fellowship. That's real. But what makes our fellowship in Christ different from those other relationships is the basis on which it's formed. With my neighbors, it's the fact that I live geographically close to them. With my coworkers, it's the fact that I work at a desk or in a a cubicle uh, near them. And with those in school, it's they sit near me in class or I see them in the hall and they're good friends of mine. Those are not bad relationships to have, but the relationship I have with my brothers and sisters in Christ is based on this fact. Jesus Christ saved my soul, and he saved your soul, and that makes us brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, and that makes us members of one another, as 1 Corinthians puts it. So it's a deeper, broader a higher kind of connection. Right, and I've often used the illustration of uh, uh, the difference that worship ought to be in sitting in the movie theater. You know, when I go to the movie theater, I go for one reason, that's to watch the movie. And when I see somebody coming in, going down the aisle, I say to myself, please don't sit in my row. Please do not sit beside me. You know, I'm here for the movie, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to talk to you. And when the movie's over, I'm going to leave, get my car, and go home. Uh, worship is not like that, not at all, mm-hmm. because we, we, we have this common bond, and mm-hmm. there's a, a, a genuine care, not, not just physically, but spiritually. We want everyone to succeed. We want everyone to be right. We want everyone 
be in heaven. And, and I think that's just a, a, a major difference. And I think some people think, well, I, I don't need fellowship in a congregation because I got my friends. But it's not the same thing. It will never be that same thing until we have that bond in Jesus. And that, that really makes a huge, huge difference with that. Amen. Would you say uh, fellowship through the years has changed? Um, you know, it, it, in some ways I'd say it shouldn't. You know, um, it, it it's the same. I want the same kind of fellowship with my brothers and sisters today that they had in the first century. I want that connection. And again, as I said a moment ago, if it is based on the fact that Jesus saved me and Jesus saved you, therefore we're saved together and we're in the body, then no, that hasn't changed at all. Now, in in the practical terms of how we connect to one another. That certainly has changed through the years. Um, you know, uh, first century all the way up till Alexander Graham Bell, nobody ever talked to somebody on a telephone. Right. That's different. And we text instead of writing letters. I'm not sure that's a, an advantage. Uh, but is, so the means by which we communicate have changed some, but the purpose and the depth of that fellowship shouldn't be any different today than it was in the first century. Yeah, you know, and for any of our listeners that's been overseas, it's very common for people overseas to go to the grocery store every day. I mean, they they don't have large refrigerators. They don't have freezers as we do. Mm -hmm. And so when we read in the first century, Paul in the marketplaces, the marketplace was a social place, and people were going there all the time. Well, we we grocery shop for a week, and 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 we're more spread out than some of those early villages we read about in the first century. So in that way, it's it's changed a little bit. Uh, a week, Roger. We go to Sam's Club or Costco, and we buy dental floss for two years. <laughs> you know, that's right? <laughs> Absolutely. We even buy it for the dogs. So there you go. Uh, you know, and, and I remember as a child, people used to be on Sunday afternoon after they've gone to worship, they'd go what they call visiting. And either you, somebody just dropped by your house or you just dropped by someone else's house. You just sit on that front porch, drink some iced tea, and you just visit. Well, we don't do that much anymore. I, I wish we did, but it's just kind of busy the way we are. Everyone's spread out and everyone's got a full schedule. But the need for fellowship hasn't changed. And that's, that's what we need to see. Yeah. And we need to appreciate that there's an emptiness in a lot of people. Even sometimes people sit in a church building, they're, they're longing for something and we need to see that's what's missing and that connection and that I belong and I'm accepted and uh, you need me and I need you. That That's all some of those powerful things about fellowship. I think that really helps us to kind of appreciate some of these things with that. Yeah. What are some of the upside benefits of fellowship? Well, I can't imagine facing death, my own or someone else's, without having the support and encouragement and the mercy that's extended by my brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, that's the one that comes to my mind most often. I I, I know a, a brother who's got some mobility issues right now, and as we've talked about that, he's had 
members of the congregation where he is step up and they've taken him here and they've helped him with that and they brought food to him and they've done all kinds of wonderful things that illustrate the connection we have with one another. Those are upsides. That, that That's not what it's for and what it's about, but it certainly is the uh, practical application of that connection we have with one another. Absolutely. And I I have been to funeral homes where maybe there's two visitations going on at the same hour, different rooms. You walk by one room and you just kind of look in, and there's a casket, and maybe one or two people are standing there. Yeah. You go in this other room, and they're standing out in the hallway, so packed, so crowded. Mm-hmm. And that makes a difference. It, 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 it helps somebody to know I'm not alone in this, and yeah. people are there. And that's that just helps us so much as we kind of consider some of these things. What are some other thoughts you want to just share with us, Ralph, about uh, this topic or life in general? Um, you know, I think that we're in a culture that isn't even aware how much it longs for this kind of fellowship, that I don't, this connection with one another. And I think Jesus made this statement to the disciples when he said, by this, the world will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. That's demonstrated. That's not just spoken. It's not just, uh, we, we love each other. It's prove it and show us that. And the more we can do that, the world will know we belong to Jesus. Fellowship's that. It is. And, and one of the neat things about the kingdom is fellowship is larger than just a local congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you live in Florida. I live here in Indiana. We don't see each other very often. We email once in a while, but we get together and it's like we haven't even left off from the last time. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's that's just that right. it, there's, there's a, a bond that's so special between us. And, and that's the way it is for Christians. You, you, you just have that and you start realizing, it's not a small world. It's a big, big family that we're part of. And Amen. that family is powerful. And uh, the family, when that family prays, it's just a mighty things that can happen there. So yeah. so, so it's, it's a great, great topic. And once again, we, we would encourage our listeners, if you haven't grabbed any of these lessons, to go back and to go to our website that's right there on the front page. You can't miss them. They'll be very helpful for you as we think about this. Now, the lessons are teaching us about fellowship, but the key after this is start engaging it and practicing it. And that's, that's where we really need to see what God wants us to do to engage in these things. So Ralph, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today as we, as we've listened to these things and talked about fellowship this coming week at uh, Charlestown road, I'll be preaching in the AM. We're going to begin a new series about identity Identity is something that's hot in the news these days. We talk about changing identity and different aspects of that. So we're going to start a three-part series about identity and look at some things the Bible teaches with that. We'd love for you to come and be with us. We meet at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Uh, We meet again at 5 o'clock, and we would encourage you to come and join with us. Tonight is the very last of our series with Ralph, and so we encourage you to come tonight and join with us at 7 o'clock as we once again talk about the subject of fellowship and the great things that can do to help us in that way. Thank you so much for listening.